If you've been around churches even a little, you're probably familiar with verse 20 of this passage, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. It's usually trotted out when attendance at some church gathering is low. Maybe we hoped for at least a dozen folks at a Lenten Bible study, for example, but only two people show up, the same two people who always show up, you can almost guarantee that someone will say, well, there aren't many of us here, but where two or three are gathered, and usually they don't even finish the verse, it's understood. This is a fine way to use this verse, yet there's more to this passage. The verses leading up to verse 20, including the formula for handling church disputes, are more challenging. Confront someone? Uh Uh-oh. We're Presbyterians, after all. Confrontation doesn't come naturally to most of us. We think it's none of our business or that we should bear everything in silence and maybe turn the other cheek. We figure, why not just focus on God's love and move on? And if you have to talk to somebody about it, then talk to the folks who agree with you and maybe over in the parking lot. And then there's that bit about shunning those who refuse to listen, treating them like a Gentile or tax collector, which doesn't sound at all like Jesus, the one who ate with tax collectors and sinners. And I just don't even know what to do with this wild promise at the end that if two people agree on something, God will do it. But when I read the passage carefully, I recognize that Matthew's deep concern in this passage is community. Honest-to-goodness, authentic community. Now, community is one of those feel-good words that we tend to idealize. Maybe we imagine the TV show Cheers, a place where you're accepted for who you are, where you're never lonely, and where, of course, everybody knows your name. But the really difficult thing about community is that it's made up of people. And people... Not any of you, and not me, of course, but other people can be difficult, challenging, selfish, unreliable. Community is messy. I can honestly say with a deep sense of gratitude that First Presbyterian is not a community wrapped with division and turmoil. Our spirit of unity and graciousness is not only a precious gift, but as I'm learning now that I serve on our Presbytery's Committee on Ministry, not something to be taken for granted. Even so, our community, like all churches, is made up of human beings. And wherever two or three human beings gather, Christ might be there, but there's also the potential for hurt feelings, misunderstanding, or miscommunication. Authentic community is not all butterflies and unicorns. It takes work. That's the point of this passage. Authentic community takes commitment, honesty, humility, cooperation, compromise, collaboration, and even courage. Sometimes the courage to tell someone that you've been hurt. Sometimes to hear that you've hurt someone else. I have said to a number of you on different occasions, I'd rather you tell me to my face that you disagree with me, that something I did bothered or hurt you, than that you keep it to yourself and let it fester, or worse yet, that you talk amongst yourselves behind my back. I don't pretend to be perfect, 
but I can't address your hurt or concern if you don't tell me. There's another crucial piece of the work of authentic community, and that is showing up. I had a conversation with the folks at Centering Prayer a few weeks ago in which people were listing the good reasons to come to church on Sunday mornings. I said there's one more, perhaps an even more important reason, and that's because everybody else there needs you to show up. We do not go to church just for ourselves. We go to church for each other. If this is a surprise to you, you're not alone. The folks at Centering Prayer had never thought of it this way either. We tend to think that we go to church for our personal reasons, because we get something out of it, because it's where we reconnect with God, because it's a good start to the week. There's nothing wrong with any of these reasons, and everyone else here needs you. The other families need your child so that their children can feel more at home. The adults need the hope that your presence and only your presence conveys. There are many reasons folks can't make it to church on a given Sunday. I know that. There are many reasons. And the last thing I want to do is wag my finger and make you feel guilty at your not being in your spot in the pew. But maybe you didn't know that when you're not there, we do notice not because we're thinking that you're bad or sinful or whatever because you skip church, but because you contribute to the body of Christ. It is true that when only two or three are gathered, Christ is there too, but all together we are the body of Christ. We encourage each other in our walk with God and following Jesus. We show up for each other. I hope you noticed our fresh new bulletin design and the new logo or identity mark that's in the upper corner of the cover. Someone is bound to ask, why does it say First Presbyterian and not First Presbyterian Church? So I'll address that first. We are not giving up on the word church. We proudly claim the identity of church. It's just punchier and cleaner and more contemporary without a long string of words. Church is implied. No one is going to make the mistake of thinking we are First Presbyterian Savings and Loan or First Presbyterian Nail Spa. You might also wonder about the little swooshes. There are three. Well, first let me say these are wonderfully open to everybody's interpretation. Here's what I see. There are three which points to the Trinity, God the Creator, Christ, and Holy Spirit. They suggest energy and movement and vitality, a little excitement, explosion of excitement at the end of First Presbyterian. These are all good things for any community. But what I like best is that for me, they represent the movement of the Christian life and faith. We move into the community, into church, for healing, formation, instruction, practices, and inspiration, and then we move out into the world to join with God in the work of God's kingdom. In and then out, throughout our lives, is the movement of faith. Now, why do we talk about community today when it seems this week in particular as though much of the world is crashing down around our ears? The Gulf Coast is underwater. The West is on fire. Florida is bracing for Irma, and Jose is on its heels. 
The dreamers are under threat, and white supremacy and fascism have been given a voice practically every day. I'm tempted to quote humorous Dorothy Parker, who would say, whenever she heard the doorbell, what fresh hell can this be? <laughs> the challenges we face can be difficult even to think about, and that's why we need community. Here, we contribute just by showing up and showing care for everyone else who shows up. Here we can find our voice. Here we can feel supported. Here we have a foundation for the resilience that helps us adapt to changes, recover from setbacks, and find the strength and hope to move toward the future to which we trust God is calling us because Jesus pointed the way. So on this day that we call Homecoming Sunday, when we gather again after being scattered over the summer, it's a good day to ask, just what kind of community do we want to be? There are plenty of communities outside the church, social media communities, work and school-centered communities, fitness groups, political action groups, the folks in the dining room at the retirement residence, and so on. What kind of community do we want here? Do we want to be largely social, like a club, which is certainly safe? Do we want to be something more meaningful, where people are more vulnerable, which is riskier and harder? Do we want a place that can both encourage us and hold us accountable? Do we need everyone to agree about everything? Are we looking for a place where we can be honest with our hopes and dreams, doubts, fears, and anxieties? Do we want somewhere we can just blend in, or are we looking for a place we can really make a difference? Do we want to try to figure out how to be, as I described it last month, a school of love, a community that pre prepares us to live lives of love in this world so desperately short on love? And what does it take from us, each of us, to help create the community for which we long. I'm going to invite you to do something a little different right now. I invite you to turn to one or two or three of your neighbors for the next five or so minutes and talk about this in community. What do you hope from our community? What are you willing to do or to risk to have that kind of community? As you consider this, know that Christ is right there in the midst of you, and think about saving the thoughts to tell me or email me or write down later. And after I call time, I'll close with a few more comments. So begin. You, you did a, this was a really wonderful exercise for a bunch of Presbyterians. Thank you very much. And I, I really meant it. Please share with me some of the insights you had. Uh, you can write them down and put them in the offering plate, or you can email me or, or come talk to me uh, about what, what you came up with. I want to share a story. There's a story about an, an odd old woman who lives on the outskirts of town. Some children decide to trick her. A boy holds a small bird in his hands, and he holds it behind his back where the woman can't see it. The children ask her, if the bird is alive or dead. And the trick is that if she says it's alive, the boy plans to crush the bird and show her that she's wrong. If she says it's dead, 
he'll let it fly off, and again, she'll be wrong. So the woman hears the question, and she's silent for a long time. Finally, she whispers, I don't know whether the bird you are holding is dead or alive, but what I do know is that it is in your hands. It is in your hands. Authentic Christian community is work, and my friends, it is in your hands. But it is worth it. It's like discovering a little bit of heaven on earth when we gather this way with honesty and integrity, even when it's hard, amazing, holy things can happen because just as he said, Jesus is with us, right here in our very midst, forming and being formed by the community that we share. May it be so for you and for me and us. Amen.